Good morning. Good to see you all. I'm Luke Mabry. I'm the pastor of Matthew's Presbyterian Church. I welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and welcome you to our worship service. If you're visiting with us um, for the first time or visiting with us at all, it's especially good to have you here, and I hope I get the chance to meet you after our worship service. Um, I also welcome all of you watching live feed. Some of you watching live feed are not watching it live. You're watching it tomorrow or next week. Whenever and wherever you're watching it, we're glad you're watching it, and it's good to have you here. Um, I encourage everyone to sign our friendship pads and pass them down so you'll know who's sitting next to you. Uh, we do have communion this morning, so if you're watching via a live feed, have some bread and juice ready for later in the service. Uh, we are right in the heart of Advent. Today is the second Sunday of Advent, and we have a lot, lot of ways to commemorate the season uh, we have a children's play a week from Wednesday. That's December the 14th. That's going to be in the sanctuary here, followed by dinner in the Friendship Court. Um, and then the following Sunday is December the 18th. That's just two weeks away. We have our service of lessons and carols. That's one of my favorite services, so I look forward to seeing you all there. And then the following Wednesday, we have caroling on John Street. That's also a lot of fun. And then the following Saturday, believe it or not, is Christmas Eve. And we have two Christmas Eve services, one at 5.30, that is geared towards children, and then the other is at 7.30, and that's geared for everybody. Um, both of those have candlelight, the 7.30 service has communion, and then the following day is December 25th, which is also a Sunday, which also means that we have worship on Sunday morning, and it will be uh, short and it will be very informal. You might see me in my pajamas, in fact. It won't be that informal, but it'll be pretty informal. So I look forward to seeing y'all there at 1030. Uh, lots of ways to celebrate the season at Matthews Presbyterian Church. Women, y'all have a retreat next October 6th through the 8th. And the reason that we have to start advertising that now is because it's peak leaf season in the North Carolina mountains. The retreat is in Blowing Rock. And so we need to uh, reserve those rooms by December the 15th. So make sure to make a note of that. You can see uh, Patty Ripple right out there, and you can also see Diana Hammock. We also sent an email out Friday that has a link, so you can sign up that way as well. Wednesday night suppers continue this Wednesday. Um, we have committee night, so if you're on a committee, please come and, and uh, have some pizza, and then we'll go to our respective committees. I'm, I've been really pleased with Wednesday night suppers. That was sort of an experiment, and we started those in the fall, and the numbers were kind of low early on, but um, they, they ended up being really strong. So we look forward to continuing that um, in the spring and winter as well. I got several announcements. I'm going to fly through these. AMP, youth, book group, all meet at their normal times. Um, we have a dessert after church, as we always do, so hang around and visit with one another in the Friendship Court. We need Noah's Chapel volunteers. Um, we also sent a group to Gary, West Virginia yesterday, and uh, y'all had a wonderful time, I take it. Good, good to have you back. They went up and back in the same day, so I'm proud of them. And uh, we sent a lot of, this church is very generous, we sent a lot of toys and lots of uh, Christmas love up there to our friends at Gary. Last but not least, um, two weeks ago we had Dedication Sunday, and uh, that was a little later in the life of the church than we ha we've had it in the past, and so um, 
we do, I do encourage all of you to get your pledges in whenever you can. Um, that really does help with planning budgets. So if you have not gotten your pledge in for next year, please do that very soon. That is all the announcements that I have. Anything else? Again, welcome. Let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God together.
please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has done wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the Let us worship God together. us to remember that our Lord Jesus can sympathize with us since in every way he was tempted just as we are and yet he was without sin. That allows us to approach the throne of judgment with confidence as God's own children. So let us do that now as we pray together the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the way of peace. Come into the brokenness of our lives and our land with your healing love. Help us to be willing to bow before you in true repentance and to bow to one another in real forgiveness. By the fire of your Holy Spirit, melt our hard hearts and consume the pride and prejudice which separate us. Fill us, O Lord, with your perfect love which cast fear and bind us together in that great unity which you share with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Let us continue to pray in silence.
Amen. Hear the good news. Hear the gospel. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners like us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that all of us might be dead to sin and alive to everything that's good. Friends, you've been made new creations, pure and spotless in these waters of baptism and forgiven. God has made it possible for all of us to live in peace with one another, with our neighbors, with our enemies even, and also with God. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let us pass the peace to one another. this candle as the sign of coming light of Christ. Advent means coming. We are preparing ourselves for the day when the nation shall beat their swords in plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up swords against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leper shall lie with, down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the Fatling together, and a little child shall lead him. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, guide us by your word and spirit that we might hear your truth, heed your call, and be prepared for Christ's birth this Advent season. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is Psalm 72, uh, verses 1 through 7, and then skipping to 18 and 19. Hear now the word of the Lord. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hill, hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the moon grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more.
Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. And now I'd like oh, the word of the Lord. And now I would like to invite the children to come up for their time with me. I got a little ahead of myself, didn't I? I Uh oh, are you feeling better? Come on in. You want to come sit up here with the girls? Hey, Mikey and Kayla. Y'all want to come over here with me? Good job. Kelly, you want to sit over here? Awesome. Come here. It's good to see you. Okay. So how is everybody this morning? So good to see y'all. Good. And Ava's feeling better. We're grateful for that. Um, so what, what is this? A flashlight? Is that a flashlight? Oh. Why do you use a headlight? Well, let's find out. I'm going to tell you, okay? Um, I don't know if y'all can, this is not really, it's probably better to see right there. Can you see a little bit there? And there's a little star. What do we use this for? To see in the dark. To see in the dark? Anything else? That's it, just to see in the dark. That's it. Perfect. Um, well, there are a lot of ways we can use this. Sometimes I, you know, my dogs are out in the backyard at night, and I can just, I, I can see their little eyes. Then I put the flashlight on them, and I'm like, get in here. It's time to come in. It's getting cold. Time to go to bed. So I do that a lot of times at, at night. Um, use a flashlight to find them. So um, what happens, though, if I point this flashlight right here at me. I don't know. Yeah, Lola says it doesn't show anything, right? It just shows. To see the light, we have to point it away, away from me, away from whoever's holding it, right? So this morning we're going to learn about this uh, man named John the Baptist. And John was, John the Baptist, the baptizer sometimes is called, I'm going to turn this off. Um, you know, he had a kind of a very special and important role in the Bible and biblical times. He was helping folks prepare for Jesus. So he was given this very important job to get people ready for, for Jesus. But he was kind of an interesting fella. Um, he wore um, clothes made of camel's hair that I can only imagine were kind of itchy. Um, how many of y'all had bugs this morning for breakfast? Anybody have bugs for breakfast? I didn't either. I didn't either. But you know what John did? John ate locusts. And locusts are kind of like grasshoppers. I've ate locusts. Oh, you have? Greer's eaten locusts before. <laughs> eating grasshoppers. Sorry, grasshoppers. But John would douse them in honey. And I guess a lot of honey would make it feel, taste a lot better. So he did that. But then he also was loud. He was very, very loud. And so he would tell people, he would shout at people and call people out for not behaving properly, if they were not behaving appropriately. 
and he wasn't afraid to do that. So he was kind of loud, and he was, wore these crazy clothes, and he ate bugs, and, you know, of course, doused with honey. Um, you like bugs? Yeah. We, I like to play with them. We like to play with them, but not eat them. Okay, so no. Play with them only. No eating bugs, okay? And no touching them. And no touching them because sometimes they could be a little dirty. But, so, and they might bite. And they, they could bite, absolutely. You got bit by a centipede? You got bit by a centipede? That can, that can happen. I don't know. I mean, they might have just stayed away from John with that crazy camel hair outfit he had on. Right, they, they bite with their teeth. But anyway, so John is yelling and talking loud and telling everybody he's calling people out. And he wasn't very popular with people, was he, if he was doing that. But those people that were close to him and that knew John knew that he was special. And some thought that he could actually be the Messiah, which was Jesus. But John said, no, 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 I'm not the Messiah. No, no. I'm telling you about the Messiah. There's a very special person coming, and that is Jesus. That's not me. So he was real quick to point that out, that the only people, the only thing, person you need to follow is Jesus, not anybody else. So he said, you know what? He said, the spotlight, the spotlight should always be on who? Jesus, not us. Okay? Can y'all remember that? All righty. Regardless of whatever crazy clothes John wore and, and bugs he ate. So y'all want to have a prayer? Okay. Let's pray. Put your hands together. Repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for sending us your son Jesus. Thank you for John the Baptist and telling us to follow Jesus. Help us love each other and follow Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks y'all for coming up. And um, this morning you can um, go to Noah's Chapel, if you'd like, with Ms. Barefoot and Ms. Callie. Um, Okay. scripture reading comes from Matthew uh, chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. <clears throat> In those days John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea proclaiming repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord make his path straight. 
Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, Thanks be to God. I'm somewhat of a student of history. I've always enjoyed imagining the past, hear, hearing about the past. Y'all, I probably drive y'all crazy with some of my stories about history. I've just always enjoyed it ever since I was a little child. But I also think it's important as a pastor and a theologian to understand the past. You can't understand the present unless you understand the past a little bit. And I've always viewed history somewhat as a cautionary tale about how good people through the years can get it so wrong. That's true in any era of history, in all eras of history, good people getting it wrong. Any and all people, including us, can get it wrong. And that haunts me. So you just heard in this story about the the Pharisees, a little bit about the Sadducees, but the Pharisees Um, play a big role in the gospel, and part of the big role they play in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is that they create tension in the story. So there's conflict between especially the Pharisees, and now you see John the Baptist. Later it will be, uh, the tension will be between the Pharisees and Jesus, and then that builds and builds and builds, crescendos all the way to the crucifixion. Now one of the things you've learned if you've done a Bible study with me in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John is I always side with the Pharisees. And that drives people crazy. I had this guy in Texas one day tell me to stop doing that, that the Pharisees were bad. Pharisees, Luke, equal bad. Jesus equals good. Therefore, we do not equal Pharisee. You need to understand that. And I told him, and I'll tell you, that, um, well, maybe we do, because the Pharisees, according to Jesus, now I know John here calls them a brood of vipers, And Jesus would later call them whitewashed tombs. None of that's very nice dinnertime conversation, you know. But Jesus also emphatically said that nobody was more righteous than the Pharisees, that the Pharisees were good people, very much like, well, us. And they were capable, absolutely capable of getting it so devastatingly wrong, very much like us. 
So if history is the story of good people through the ages getting it wrong, then the Pharisees exemplify that in the Gospels. And the danger is we can exemplify that too. So I've, I've said many times, I say every year around this time, that there's no way to get to, to Jesus and the Gospels without John. That's true regardless of the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you want to hear anything about Jesus and you start with the first verse and the first chapter, you've you got to deal with John. And we don't like to deal with John because, well, as we learned in the children's story down there, John's kind of a, uh, a character, needless to say. We have a children's play, by the way, on December the 14th. All the characters will be represented um, you know, baby Jesus will be in there and shepherds and wise men and Mary and Joseph. Um, anybody playing John this year in the children's play? I thought was supposed to draw a laugh, but it did not. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody is playing John. And if, if a child was playing John, we would need to get that child therapy pretty quick. Uh, McCaddenville, have you ever y'all been to McCaddenville so far this year? They have all the millions and millions and millions of lights. I've been before, I'm not going again because I don't want to wait in all that traffic, but I'm pretty sure they'll have every Christmas character represented very well. They'll have hundreds of baby Jesuses, Mary, Joseph will be represented well, the shepherds, wise men, they'll all be very well represented, even extra biblical characters like all the animals, the sheep and the ox and the goats and the cows and... The chickens, they'll all be represented very well. Even little drummer boys will be there. But I kind of doubt seriously if in all those millions of lights will one of those ever represent John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the Christmas character that we do not want to come to Christmas dinner. We don't want John the Baptist to come to the Christmas play. We don't want John the Baptist to go to McCaddenville. We want to keep John the Baptist as far away from us as we possibly can because John is rude flagrantly rude, and he calls us all a brood of vipers. He calls the Pharisees a brood of vipers. I guess I should be a little more explicit about that, but I think therefore he calls us a brood of vipers. And he calls, of all people, he calls good people, good people like the Pharisees, like you and me, and let's be real honest friends, it's hard to be gooder. I know that's bad English, but you know what I mean. It's hard to be gooder than we are. And he tells of all people, he tells, he tells y'all to repent. You know, he tells me, that's the irony. I know I've said this before recently behind this pulpit. The irony is he's not standing in front of a, a prison telling them to repent. He's standing in front of us telling good people like us to repent, which is not something we like to hear. But, but good people, I think, may be at the greatest risk of getting it so badly wrong. So therefore, John says, to us, to the Pharisees, to you, to me, we need to bear fruit worthy of repentance. There was this football team once of juvies. Do you all know what a juvie is? Um, stands for uh, Juvenile, which, I mean, all football teams have juveniles, but that's just young people, you know. You can't, if you're, if you're too old to play football, you know, anyway. But juvie really stands for juvenile delinquent. That's a different deal altogether. And this, this football team was made up of juvenile delinquents slash orphans. They're often one and the same. Maybe we should draw a little correlation between them sometimes. 
And this juvenile, juvie football team was really, as you can imagine, bad. The epitome of bad. They had terrible attitudes. Nobody ever wanted to teach there. Nobody ever wanted to coach there. And their record was O oh, and however far you wanted to go back. It was O oh, and something. And so they played this Christian football team one time, Christian school. And the Christian school, of course, was the polar opposite of the juvie school. And the Christian school had a great record. They had great everything. And they played this Christian school, and they just got demolished. They lost like something, something like 75 to nothing. You know, the Christian school scored every time they got the ball. And every time the juvie team scored, they, they turned the ball over. He threw an interception. They fumbled it. And then the Christian school would run it back. And just a pounding, a demoralizing pounding over and over again. And at the end of the game, the juvies thought to themselves, you know what, that team really is good at football. But they seemed to follow this guy named Jesus. And um, we're not real interested in him right now. I don't know if you've ever lost like that, but it's painful. It's painful. So a couple of weeks later, they were playing this other Christian school. And um, this was like five weeks later. So this other Christian school called a meeting. Their athletic department called a meeting. And their athletic director said to their students, to the players, to the parents, to the boosters, the athletic director said, listen, guys, um, this juvie team... I think we're going to beat these guys, but I think maybe we could, we could help them out a little bit. So this juvenile football team has never had, they haven't had new uniforms in something like 20 years. So why don't we do this? The, the uniforms that we have are two years old. We're supposed to get new uniforms next year. We can live with the uniforms we have. Let's get them, let's not give them our hand-me-downs. Let's just buy them some new uniforms. We can handle it. So they did. And then he said, uh, the, the Juvie football team never has run through, you know when football teams run out on the field and they have cheerleaders and they have those big banners? The juvenile delinquent football team never, ever had that. So, so the athletic director said, why don't we get our art class to go down there, bring all the supplies, we're going to go down there with their art class, and, and we're going to build a banner for them. And not only are we going to build a banner for them, but a lot of our student body is going to, believe it or not, this is what I propose, we're going to root for them. And we're going to form a line for them just like we do our own team. And we're going to have the fake smoke that they can run through, you know, and they can tear the banner down. They've never, ever had that. Oh, and then uh, we have a huge cheerleading squad. Let's split that up and let half the cheerleading squad root for them because they've never, ever had a cheerleading squad root them on. And this is going to be the hard part, parents. I want at least half of you to root for them. They don't have any parents in the stand, ever. Nobody has ever cheered them on. Well, we're going to change that. And at least half of you, we're going to cheer them on. And now look, oh, oh, and we're going to send some of our coaches down there too. We got a couple of weeks and they can, they can help these kids. And they don't have all the equipment that we have, so we're going to take some equipment down there and give it to them. We'll be all right. And I guess the worst case scenario, he said, is we go down there and we build them up so much that they beat us. Well, there are worse things than losing a football game, like losing your soul, for example. So the school got behind it. They did all that, you know. And for the first time in those boys' lives ever, 
they had somebody, a group of people who really were rooting for them, you know? And, and I don't know who won the football game, does it really matter? But I do know that for the first time, those boys felt like they meant something. And they looked at that Christian school and they thought, you know what? I don't know, any, I don't know much about their Jesus, but if that's what their Jesus is all about, well, that's compelling. That really is compelling. I want to be a part of that. And the Christian school, who interacted with those boys, helped them build the banners, did all that stuff, they thought to themselves, you know what, we went down there thinking that we were going to teach them everything. But what we learned is that Jesus hangs out at the Juvie team just as much as Jesus hangs out here. Bear fruit worthy of repentance, friends. We can do this. History does not have to be one long story of good people getting it all wrong. We need to bear the same fruit because we are good people. We are absolutely good people who give and who give and who give, and despite that, we can and we have gotten it wrong from time to time, but we don't have to. Sometimes we can get it right, and sometimes our fruit shows it, you know? John's role in all the Gospels, as horrifying as he is, and he is sometimes, and as rude as he is, John's whole role is to point people to Jesus. That's all John does. That's our role too, you know, not just by what we say or how we worship, but by how we live and by what kind of fruit we bear. So take this scolding from John. See, that's why we don't like John, because John scolds us. Take this scolding from John as a gift an opportunity to point to Jesus, to change, to be intentional, and to bear fruit worthy of repentance. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please rise in body or spirit for the um, Apostles' Creed. Friends in Christ, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He just, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. God gives out of God's abundant love for us. Let us respond to God's generosity with our own abundant giving. Let us present our tithes and offerings to God.
dedicate these gifts and we ask you to bless these gifts and bless all of our gifts and bless all of us so that we could be a blessing for others and we could do your work faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Be seated. Scripture says they will come from north, south, east, and west to sit and eat at the table of God in the kingdom of God. Friends, this is not our table, just like this is not our church. This table belongs to God, and God and Jesus Christ has invited all of us to this table who come in faith and who come in repentance, who come in reconciliation with our neighbors. Uh, this table is not a right given to the privileged special few, but a gift given to all, to all who come in faith. We'll have communion this morning by asking y'all to come down. The center sections can come down the center aisles and the outside sections go down the outside, uh, outside aisles. Um, get elements down here and return to your seat and we'll partake those elements together. Would you join me for the great Thanksgiving? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Eternal God, holy and mighty, it is truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise and to worship you in every place where your glory abides. Through the words of the prophets, you promised your people the Redeemer and gave hope for the day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. We rejoice that in Jesus Christ, the Savior has come and that he will come again in power and glory to make all things new. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with the heavenly choirs and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. sent your only begotten in whom your fullness dwells to be the way, the truth, and the life. Revealing your love, Jesus taught those who would hear him, healed those who believed in him, received all who sought him, and lifted the burden of their sin. We glorify you for your great power and love at work in Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made us a new people by water and spirit. We give you thanks that the Lord Jesus on the night before he died took bread, gave thanks to you and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, 
we take this bread and this wine from the gifts you have given us, and we celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving as a living and holy offering of ourselves that our lives may proclaim the one crucified and risen. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. By your Spirit, unite us with the living Christ and with all who are baptized in his name, that we may be one in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Help us, O God, to love as Christ loved, knowing our own weakness. May we stand with all who stumble, sharing in his suffering. May we remember all who suffer. Held in his love, may we embrace all whom the world denies. Rejoicing in his forgiveness, may we forgive all who sin against us. Give us strength to serve you faithfully until the promised day of resurrection, when with the redeemed of all ages, we will feast with you at your table in glory. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, eternal God, now and forever. As our Savior Christ taught us, let us pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes again. Come, all is ready.
has everyone been served? The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you that we have fed, uh, that you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ, and given us a foretaste of the heavenly banquet in your eternal kingdom. Send us out into the power of your, send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to praise you with glory for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Once again, welcome to Matthew's Presbyterian Church. It's good to have you all in the Lord's house on the Lord's beautiful day. If you're worshiping with us for the first time or otherwise visiting with us, I hope I get the chance to visit with you um, and welcome you in person in our friendship court. We have lots of goodies out there, so I encourage you all to stay and visit with one another and enjoy uh, this gathering that God has gathered this morning. Um, as you leave here, um, don't recoil from John the Baptist. John the Baptist is as much a part of Christmas as anybody. And uh, John the Baptist um, judges us, he comes among us, and he tells us to bear fruit worthy of repentance. That's a real gift. So go out there and embrace that gift and bear fruit worthy of repentance in this world that so desperately needs it. Now may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Amen.